Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Malcolm! about life insurance policies. Nick wanted to make sure that we'd be okay. There's a big difference between okay and two million dollars. The jury may see it as a motive. I didn't kill my husband. Libby Parsons is in prison for a crime she didn't commit. I'd like you to adopt my son. Money won't be a problem. It isn't about money. Thank you. Now the only way back to her son is to find out what really happened. Hi, Mommy. Hello, sweetie pie. Daddy. Nick? Nick? You ever hear of something called double jeopardy? The state says you already killed your husband. They can't convict you of it a second time. That means that when you leave here, you can kill him. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. It makes you feel warm and tingly all over, don't it? Double jeopardy. Where's my son? All right, are we ready? Yeah, we're okay. ready to go into Double Jeopardy. Yeah. Okay. How much are how much are you willing to wager, uh, Michael Denniston, for for this Double Jeopardy? What am I? Uh, well, it sounds the way you uh, finished that uh, last episode that you you were not uh, enthused on this one. So I don't know if I should wager too much on it. And I, I hope you really don't put me in a position to like be the uh, defender of this film. Your answers must be in the form of a question. So that that would be incorrect, uh, Denniston. Um, so look, the game show stuff is just not working on this podcast. We're trying to play games. Then now we're playing games at the beginning. <laughs> just doesn't work for us. All right. So double jeopardy, I think would be a movie that I would almost like if it wasn't for <laughs> the premise, if it wasn't for the hook of, uh, so Ashley Judd's character, we start with her. She is a upscale, you know, wife to Bruce Greenwood here. And, and, you know, she is framed for his murder and has her child taken away from her. And she goes to jail for, you know, six years. And, and I, bet, I bet John McTiernan uh, was really hoping he could get uh, that justice system <laughs> where, where you kill someone and you go to jail for six years and then you're up for parole. Um, so she Nobody. goes to jail. Nobody was found. Maybe that helped. 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and she goes to jail and then like someone in, you know, in prison tells her, Oh, do you know about this double jeopardy thing? You know, you, you know, according to the constitution, uh, you, you know, you can't, uh, be accused of the same crime crime twice. So yeah. And that starts a whole thing where she goes to try and, and get her, her, uh, you know, husband, Bruce Greenwood, uh, and kill him thinking she can get away with it now that she already went to jail once for for killing him and and as 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 has many you know people smart people anyone with a brain anyone with half a brain has pointed out obviously this whole premise is stupid um obviously these are two separate instances of murder and obvi- and to to say nothing of all the property damage and everything that, that occurs in the movie <laughs> and, and her breaking her parole. Uh, and then of course this, so that leads into Tommy Lee Jones's character who is like, you know, I know you like go-getters. I know it's been established that you like mm-hmm. go-getters, uh, yeah. Dennison. And so Tommy Lee Jones here plays the most, the best parole officer ever. He is going to find Ashley Judd and bring her to justice and everything. Um, and so he's our action star, and uh, yeah, and, and so yeah, I I would almost like this if it wasn't for the 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 dumb hook, the dumb premise, uh, and maybe if they had made the ending a little bit more suspenseful and satisfying. Uh, but that's my take on it. What's yours? Well, okay, look, it's a good title, right? It's a really good title for a thriller, uh, and it's a good trailer moment. It's a good hook. Uh, the biggest, like, I don't actually don't have any problem with them. <laughs> with characters who don't know the law. Um, I, th- I think the biggest issue that comes up is uh, Tom Lee Jones, his character vouches for this claim uh, towards, towards the end of the film. Uh, if it was uh, just a bunch of you know criminals uh, who are plotting revenge, uh, you know, I could, I could understand Ashley judge just having these like various sort of hype women around her to, to get her, you know, back on the horse, so to speak. But I don't think the film, I, I was surprised, like, I had it in my head, based I guess on that the title, the premise, that Ashley Judd was like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. It's like she, you know, the title of it is telling you what she sets <laughs> sets out to do, and that's it's not like she's on like this absolute quest to kill this man. She's going to get her son back. So even when she meets this guy in a public setting, um. She she makes it clear. I just want my kid. Give me my kid, and I'm I'm gone. Like I'm I'm going off the grid, off the map, whatever. Like she's not even making threats to like bring him down necessarily. Um, so I would find that if I was into that particular, if they were leaning into the stupidity of their their claims of the double jeopardy clause, I think I would have I would come away disappointed that the Judd character is not as badass as the premise would sort of lead you to believe. See the movie, the movie believes the premise like that. Like it's not so much whether, whether each particular character is constantly bringing it up or whatever. The whole movie uh, starts from this premise of that. She could get away with this, uh, you, you know, going, going and killing her husband at this point. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a much better movie if it's just a revenge uh, thriller uh, with Judd and if they could have found something else to beef it up something else to use as a hook you know that would have been preferable uh, you know I can't it's hard for me to get into uh, considering that it's based on you just 
uh, completely ignoring, uh, you know, ramifications of the law and everything. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but me. that's a lot of movies. I mean, I mean, not that they plaster it, you know, their tagline or the the title of it across the poster, but you know, a lot of films like just it's people get away with things conveniently where they would really be tied up because it's just that's not what we want to see as an audience. We don't we don't want to see the, you know, the, <laughs> you're talking about like the uh the damage and destruction that that's done by our characters in a like a car chase or something like i i don't i don't really care you know it's like it, it's a, it's a thriller they're going some cars are going to be demolished and uh usually we see our heroes like uh i think my biggest the only time it ever crosses my mind is when we see a cop or somebody like take a citizen's car and then just completely demolish it like sure and, sure and pursue someone else um i don't like it cuz even the way i guess Mild spoiler um, for Double Jeopardy, if you you know if you're concerned, but you know I don't think that the film because they don't have like death at least from Judd's perspective is her ultimate intent. Um, you know that like when we even get to that point where like people are drawing weapons on each other, like the way it resolves, like the Double Jeopardy clause it doesn't even matter. It wouldn't it wouldn't even apply to what happens because everything is at that point is in self-defense and there's not even an attempt to use the, like there's, there's definitely sass and trash talk about like, you know, she gives a big speech to him that I'm sure was in the trailer. Like, Hey, I could kill you if I wanted to, uh, but she doesn't. And it's, it doesn't even really come up. Like, so I guess is your big hang up that they just decide to really hang their hat, uh, as far as like the pitch of the film on double jeopardy. I mean, it's cheap and manipulative and, and, and instead of going the extra mile and making you invested in the characters themselves, they just use the hook as a cheap way to, uh, for you to attach yourself, which is unsuccessful for me. And I'm not going to begrudge them for making money or whatever. I just think they didn't have a movie here. Uh, you know, with that hook, uh, like, like if someone yeah. told me, you know, this is their idea, I would say, yeah, you, you know, you have, you don't have a movie. Uh, and, and so, you know, I don't know, dressing it up and putting Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones in it, it doesn't make it better. It, it's, and then there's other pro there's other problems in the third act too, that I think we'll get to when we, you know, go, get into full on spoiler territory. I like Alan Dershowitz's, uh, pitch, uh, for the movie here, which kind of goes to uh, what you were saying that people don't want to see the boring movie. Uh, you know, he, he, he suggests that, that, that the main character uh, sues. Uh, oh, <laughs> <Bruce God>. Green- <laughs> it's like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Greenwood versus Ju- Judd. Uh, that would be, that would be, which, <laughs> and it just, yeah. it's just funny. That's the thing though, is that it's like, you know, you look at it with any, with any sort of, intelligence or or anything and it just falls apart and uh and, and there's so much weird stuff in it uh in Is terms really? of well okay the these uh these uh elementary school security guards or whatever who are like <laughs> you know jumping the fences and and getting on their jeeps and you know Wrecking going after Jeep. ashley judd i mean i think those guys see ashley judd do them they're like fuck we better call this in Right now, I don't, you know, like, like the, like the whole movie, uh, is kind of cheap and stupid. Uh, the director here is Bruce Beresford and okay. He's ha- he had some good movies in his filmography. Uh, Breaker Morant would be the one that I think most, uh, that people might remember. Uh, but also Tender Mercies with Robert Duvall and, uh, Crimes of the Heart. Uh, and then, and then he's probably most famous for Driving Miss Daisy, which, uh, you know, wins an Oscar in 1989. And, and I don't know. He's a director, I think, 
is uh, pretty weak. And I think uh, Driving Miss Daisy shows that because Driving Miss Daisy on its own, you know, pretty good premise, uh, pretty good cast. And you see uh, how it, how he handled the emotional beats of that movie. And, and you know, he kind of he kind of takes the easy route uh, too often as a director. And so then, yeah, we come to Double Jeopardy and it's a movie that it's a movie that doesn't really seem to want like anything. Uh, and and that's what I would criticize it for. It doesn't have very good set pieces, like you. No. you already referenced the <laughs> um, the chase. She breaks into uh, the this, this school, uh, cl- very close to a beach. Um, and like I, I have to admit, like I was I was on my phone, like you know I'm kind of kind of bored with this, and I'm I'm waiting, like I, I'm basically waiting for Tommy Jones to come become more actively involved in uh playing like his you know another version of his fugitive character one with uh not nearly as great of a dialogue to deliver for the man um and so like when it comes to that that point where she's just basically trying to find like a forwarding address for this woman that she is uh given care for a child to she's uh really kind of pushed the idea of her adopting him because it's a close family friend and of course it's revealed that she's in on it with this conspiring husband that faked his death and has uh, framed his wife ashley judd for murder um so she needs to find this woman to, to get to her her child and so she breaks in and as you said these rent-a-cops it looks like <laughs> like go balls to the wall and the movie's just kind of it's either in a hurry or just sort of disengaged with like setting up some pretty mm-hmm. good uh, action sequences. So they're like, well, Ashley Judd's being chased or she's running. Uh, let's just go ahead and take advantage. Like if she's running, then this has got to be like an action sequence. And yeah, I was, I was asking my wife who, who I was watching it with uh, like, why did she, why did Ashley Judd choose to, to take her uh, on foot escape to the beach to run in sand? Like she's not, she's not going through some sort of training sequence. So she decided to, uh, take this to territory where it's going to be much harder for her to get away. And yeah, those cops, they totally wreck their, their patrol Jeep for these school grounds, <laughs> take her down. Uh, there's a sequence where she uh, is handcuffed uh, on this ferry. You pissed me off, Parsons. Angela Green, that's the woman that's got your kid, right? Could we not talk, please, Layman? Okay. All right. So why don't you skip town? She just skipped town. And with your husband, you're living dead because you didn't kill him? <laughs> Bullshit. Okay, I killed my husband. I chopped him up into little bits and I dumped him piece by piece into the Pacific. Were you satisfied? No, no. You were a hell of a lot closer to your kid three days ago than you are today. All you had to do was wait three years. That's all. You fucking idiot. You cannot know what it is like to sit in prison for six years and think of nothing else in the world but your son. Did I make the right choice? You asked the wrong question, Layman. I didn't have a choice. Fuck your curfew. Who's that? Your daughter? Is that a problem for you, Layman? I'm going up top. Don't go anywhere. So I think that is a really good set piece and it looks great visually. I could see you know, like a better movie could have done, could have, you know, handled that idea and done it much better. But even that, even that it relies upon you thinking that uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character is dumb enough to, you know, leave her 
just handcuffed to the handle of, you know, this car that is run down, that is obviously, you know, could easily be broken off with the, you know, with the window down and everything as he gets a coffee and, and drinks. And they've already set him up as the best parole officer ever, which in and of itself is, is quite a leap. I think the way to do this would have been to make him more quirky, you know, like make his, you know, make his obsession with his job uh, sort of like a quirky character trait. Cause I would have bought that more easily than I could buy, you know, parole officer action star, uh, you know, that they're trying to sell us here. Uh, that just doesn't work for me. So are you saying him being like overly sort of identifying with this, this job, sort of, like, sort of like he's better than what he is sort of like the way Melissa McCarthy would approach it kind of thing. Does that okay. kind of get, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, he, uh, leaves the keys right there and the ignition for her to, you know, I, I don't really know what her ultimate game plan is when she, uh, in that sequence, she's trying to, to move the car back and forth to, uh, to break the, the door handle that she's handcuffed to on the outside of the door. But when Jones, you know, his coffee, uh, is ruined, you know, his coffee break and, uh, he has to jump in the car, stop her. She decides to just take them into the ocean and, uh. I, that's I mean that's probably like I guess the strangely the highlight as far as like an action sequence because mm-hmm. uh, and then you have God that's is that like halfway through the movie that's, they keep a long stretch and that's there's like really the first nothing forty five minutes of the movie and then yeah. yeah there's really the the when they get to so let's get into full on spoiler territory spoiler alert for you know <laughs> the 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 fifteen percent of people out there uh, who might ever watch Double Jeopardy if that. See, I thought you were uh, just avoiding trying to say the title again because it's just so distasteful for you. This concept—it's really massively stupid, Denniston. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> so, like, like it sounds—it sounds like. Do you remember uh, uh, Donald in adaptation, Donald mm. Kaufman? It yeah, sounds yeah. like it would be a, something he would pitch. Uh, okay. Well, it's, it's got nothing on Chubby Rain. I'll give you that. <laughs> So we get to New Orleans where uh, her husband has been hiding out and we have this really stupid bad chase se- sequence where Tommy Lee Jones is, is like sees someone from an umbrella and thinks it's, you know, her uh, not suspenseful. They could have done a whole lot more with that. And then we get to a pretty interesting location, which is a cemetery that is like a tourist uh, spot. And, you know, I, I don't, uh, so this is my problem. So number one, number one, they blatantly rip off a movie I like uh, quite a bit called The Vanishing uh, from 1988. Mm. Uh, And there's an American remake, which is better than this, I will say. The American remake of (laughs) The Vanishing is better than Double Jeopardy. Uh, And then, so what, like, what's his plan? He puts her in an above ground tomb that she can easily escape out of. He doesn't check her pockets for a gun. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> not normally would it be easy to escape from, but yeah, not leaving her armed with a pistol where she can shoot her way out of the, uh, you know, this casket that she's in. Yeah, that that's a pretty big oversight on this man's uh, part as the villain. Yeah, I that that. Uh, so I mean, it's not the okay. It sounds like I'm coming down hard on it. It's not the worst movie in the world. Uh, I do think these movies' popularity allowed for some interesting films in the late nineties. And so I do, I will say that I would much rather these movies be popular today 
uh, than what is popular today. So, uh, you know. I mean, it was number one at the yeah. box office for three yeah. weeks. My goodness. Uh, which, you know, these... Like, if something like this came out now, you would maybe, maybe you'd be hoping, uh, and probably not even being the the top of the charts hit, just, you know, like two or three behind some, you know, big IP behind it. Um, but that, that's actually, that's really surprising, because I, I said on the, as we were finishing up the last episode, uh, the, the infamous Breakfast Champions, I was like, in my head, I thought, like, yeah, I think this was a big hit. Uh, but that's, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that, I mean, this feels... I don't want to denigrate you know, people's work. And this, as you said, this inspired some other stuff, but, uh, and it seemed to give Ashley Judd, uh, a moment as far as like, you know, a woman on a quest for revenge, um, for a few years. But I mean, this, this feels like you're watching a TV movie at times, like mm-hmm. a TV movie from that era. Like it, you know, it's, it's strange that this, like reading trivia about it, that Jodie Foster was supposed to play this part and only dropped out because, uh, she became pregnant. I mean, this does not seem like Jodie Foster material to me. I don't, I don't know if I'm elevating um, her her taste um, more more than I should, but that, I'm just I'm surprised that there was uh, this much heat around it before, and that it was so successful at the box office. Because I I don't know what 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 would people tell each other like, oh, you've got to see this moment in this film. Like, there's really it's you know sort of an empty calories experience here. I think a big part of it was the hook and and, and another big part of it was the casting of Judd and Tommy Lee Jones. That that used to be for these thrillers they used to be the big thing was oh, you know, they teamed up this person with this person uh, and that always seemed to, and, and we've talked about it before, but like late August, September was always kind of the months where you would see uh quote unquote uh clever you know, original uh, properties come out and it would be a time when audience members would be a little bit more giving and more uh, likely to take a chance on something like this. Uh, and and so uh, now, now it's just a time for, you know, uh, horror movies and uh, failed uh, yeah. Oscar uh, bait movies. And um... so we blame <laughs> Stigmata for that. That's its particular legacy for dominating uh, the box office in early September. Which is funny because 1999, as strong a year as it was, these films in September, these commercial hits in September, seem to be that th- this would be the time where, uh, you know, I was probably checked out uh, from, you know, mm. what was popular with people uh, uh, during this time of the year. Uh, with the exception of Sixth Sense, you know, I mean, it was just like, kind of, it was somewhat of a dead zone, you know, this year. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say I, I saw like our, our next episode, the feature film uh, in theaters, but I, I probably was not even aware of it. Um, uh, I'm sure this at this point, uh, American Beauty uh, was probably just coming my way. Um but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I probably took September off. I, I'm sure I was just very like excited about Fight Club and could not wait for it to to come out. But yeah, when I look back at the stuff we're covering from this month in 1999, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I went to the theater other than probably for American Beauty. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think I did either. And I, I, to be honest, I did not see Fight Club in in theaters. So spoiler alert for you know a future episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was one I was uh, watching on video, and so our next movie is, uh, yeah, I don't think I can do this. So uh, let's no, just you're giving up on the game. I'm so. giving up. I'm giving up. What what do you want me to say? <laughs> 
I mean, I think uh, this one probably needs, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, not as much love and care, which we could not provide for Breakfast of Champions, but I don't think this is one that has remained relevant, and it was even unheralded, uh, I think, at the time of 1999. So this is probably going to be a relatively unknown film that we've selected uh, for the next episode. With Bruce Greenwood and Dances of Wolves. <laughs> I, I've actually never seen Dances with Wolves, so what? I, I can't. I mean, is that you know what? what? What about that subject matter would uh, would make you? Are think you like, kidding oh, me? No. I've oh, never seen I'm it. surprised. Really? I'm genuinely I, I, surprised by that. Hmm. Wow. I, I feel like a character from Breakfast of Champions, where it's like uh, my perception of your perception of me is uh, apparently is very different from the. <laughs> well, I would think like <laughs> yeah, a yeah, like a big popular movie like that in the early '90s, that would be something that that you would have seen. Someone most people have seen Dance with Wolves at some point. Yeah, I mean, just it was just I was like, what was I like seven or eight when it came out? You know, it's just that's just a window of something that. And so when I really got into movies as a teenager, I'm like, I'm not gonna see that. The you know, pro- probably a little bit of it was like, oh, that's the movie that beat Goodfellas. Fuck it, not watching it. But it was also like Kevin Costner, uh, period piece at the time. There's nothing about it that was like ever like, oh, I've got to sit down and watch this now. But maybe I should. Is it good? Are you are you a big fan of it? I, lo- I like- love Dance with Wolves. Oh, okay, uh, right. but but uh, I don't. I don't know. I could see it going, you know, one of two ways with you, I guess. <laughs> this is probably no no help as far as uh, setting up <laughs> our, ne- our next no, episode is not on Dances so. with Wolves. <laughs> 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 We're not giving up on the format. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, so people would, uh, if you're, you're into movies, you should be aware of this, uh, this man. Uh, unfortunately, I'm guessing that at the time and uh, even now, uh, the cast, there were a lot of like faces people will recognize, but it does not have like this. I don't think this has one big movie star that we could say. Like, no, you, you but it is. Here. But it is really. I mean, I'm kind of surprised how full the cast looks just mm-hmm. looking at it right now. And uh, so, well, you know, so the next movie is Mumford. It's a movie I haven't seen. I don't know. The cast has me intrigued. So I don't even know what it's about, to be honest with you. I had that experience back. uh, I caught up with this on video um, and uh, I probably only was interested in watching it because Jason Lee was in it. So being really into like the Kevin Smith stuff in the 90s, I was like, oh, cool. Like, what's, you know, what's Jason Lee working on Uh, now? uh, Strangely, I would say maybe Elizabeth Moss. Uh, a young Elizabeth Moss, maybe the uh, <laughs> the biggest name to to have, throw out there for this one. Si- Simon Helberg, I guess, it also has a uh, looks like a small role in it. Uh, who who's uh, one of the guys on who, who was one of the guys on Big Bang Theory? So. Yeah, I don't know if that's hip enough, Ben. Let's let's stick with Elizabeth it's Moss. Pretty hip, pretty hip. <laughs> All right, so uh, true first-time watch uh, next time for uh, Ben. And this one, uh, goodness, I I don't know how long it's been, but uh, behind the scenes, I was very angry to go to my DVD shelf and see that someone had borrowed my copy of Mumford, and I no longer had it. I did once own this film, but uh, no more. So uh, I look forward to revisiting it, though. Luckily, we live in two different states, so you know it's on me, Uh, number one. It's on you. Number two, Kino Lorber just put out a uh, like a new Blu-ray, so you're you probably want to 
update uh, that mm. that little DVD uh, you got. I checked on it, but no commentary <laughs> track. Like it just like it, it's strange. Just a strange re-release uh, that seems sort of half-hearted. But I guess for people like me, uh, who are <laughs> have thieves in their their midst, of friends who would steal Mumford of all things, maybe I should upgrade. Uh, I don't know. I remember enjoying it. We'll, we'll see if it holds up though uh, for 2019. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99